This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. About to do to you what Limp Biscuit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. joined by my co-host Tony Sanfilippo rocking those Broncos colors today. How you doing, Tone? Doing good, man. A little on the tired side, but that's all right. Ready because it's Friday. We made it to the end of the work week and uh it's gone by pretty damn quick, so I can't complain. It has. It's uh, gone by quick. It's it's been a smooth week aside from our our Wednesday uh, little uh technical glitch, but uh Yeah. Yeah, know, that's right. Every once in a while show. it happens, so but uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, closing out the week, uh, relaxing tomorrow, get to sleep in like I usually mm-hmm. do on Saturdays. Have a massage scheduled. Looking forward to that. Well, very good. Yeah, good. yeah, lots of cool things coming up. Uh, there's a virtual Seven Dust concert tonight that I'm looking forward to checking out, and then uh, football on Sunday. So uh, pretty pretty complete uh, next yeah, two and a half days. Speaking of Seven Dust, shameless plug: their new album is out today. Woo-hoo. It is uh, Blood and Stone. I got mine yesterday. Uh, kind of funny. Um, so I bought it because I came with an autographed card here from the guys. And it's not even generic. Like It's actually, you could see the actual ink on there, which is sweet. Um, <laughs> so as you can see, kids, it's a CD. It's not digital. <laughs> what is that? Uh, the, ve- the vehicle I'm in, <laughs> I was excited to listen to this, but I come to realize... I don't own a CD device anymore to play this. My computer doesn't have it. Uh, the MacBook doesn't have it. And uh, vehicle doesn't have it. So I'll be listening to this today on Spotify. But uh, new 7 Dust album dropped today. Yeah, CD, it's a collector's item. Yeah. More for I really was looking else. forward to listening to it yesterday on the way to work. But uh, <laughs> alas, it did not happen. Oh, well. Well, folks, <laughs> let's go. Sorry, I apologize. Uh, How dare you getting a phone call there let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a with a question for my co-host uh tony we grew up in sort of a a sleepy town not really a a town meant for teenagers and kids and we had to find ways to keep ourselves occupied and entertained did you ever find yourself going out into the middle of nowhere and just blowing stuff up oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, especially in Carson City. Me and my cousin Andrew had a little spot. Uh, we used to go play with uh, fireworks and other 
<laughs> other bad boy stuff, you know? Things you do as mischievous little teenagers. Uh, we found, I think, a fridge. We knocked it down a mountain. It was just sitting there. Yeah, we used to do destructive <laughs> stuff, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think every little kid does at some point. Um, used to... It's part of being a boy. Fire, too? Yeah, yeah. We would tie firecrackers to G.I. Joes and, and watch them blow up or... Uh, yeah, you know, take we hairspray and a lighter. Turtles and... too. Watch their hand turn black. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> had a lot of fun. But uh, sounds like these guys were going to have some fun uh, before they got caught. <laughs> Police responding to reports of explosions found in a Vineland man and his friend uh, found a Vineland man and his friends with a cannon fireworks and drugs police said while responding police spotted a pickup truck towing a trailer through a field at the 500 block of west butler avenue near college drive wherever that happens to be as they approached officers saw that uh, what they described as a cannon on the trailer and fireworks in the vehicle which was occupied by four people in the bed of the truck police found two mortar tubes for fireworks and a bowling ball with a rope attached to it the men told police they wanted to fire bowling balls from the device. In the rear seat, officers found a box containing black powder and other quote-unquote explosive chemicals. The driver, Daniel R. Galloway, 43 of Vineland, allowed police to search the pickup, and that effort turned up suspected marijuana in the center console, along with two glass smoking pipes and two burned hand-rolled cigars containing suspected pot. Galloway said that those items were his, and he was arrested. Dominic Capillary 18 of Millville claimed ownership of the black powder and other chemicals uh, along with fireworks. The uh, explosions reported to 911 are believed to have been caused by the group's fireworks only. The investigation to date has not determined that the cannon was fired, though the bowling ball recovered from the vehicle did have damage to it. So they probably fired it at some point before. But uh, I don't know about you, but uh, it sounds like they were just going out to have a good time. Yeah, it sounds like they were just out to blow some stuff up, have a great day, and uh, just be uh, boys being boys. Yeah, as long as nobody else got hurt, uh, you know, there's always the the chance that they blow themselves up. But you know, that's sort of uh, Darwin Awards at its finest. But uh, you know, it's just a, a good time on a on a Friday uh, afternoon. Oh, sorry, a Saturday afternoon in this case. Yeah. So. So that it just sounds like a. Got some time on my hands, going to have a little fun, blow some stuff up. Let's go. <laughs> Speaking of having a little bit of fun, uh, we're going to have some fun today. We've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. I know I say that every day, but today's show is oozing with goodness. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? It's Friday, Friday. Got to get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the Yep, we're looking forward to the weekend, but not before we bring you guys good news, everyone. We like to take you into the weekend on an up note. We have a segment called Today I Learned. Our call-in topic today is greatest horror movie icon. I think everybody's got a uh, thought there. We have another edition of G-Man's Matchups, NFL Week 7. We have This Day in History, and Tony's up next with the entertainment news. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few.
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 23rd. Now, we have a thing called the Phoenix Line. It is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you want to regale us with stories of blowing stuff up as kids. By all means, do so. Give us a call on the Phoenix Line. That number is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. Or if you guys are watching, it's right about there. Yeah, I'm pointing yeah, above yeah. my head where, where the number is. In any case, all we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together and put them out in a future show. Speaking of keeping things entertaining, Tony is here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, October 23rd. Here is your Filippo Fast Five. The Adams family is coming back. And Has the planet gone mad? <laughs> yes. Tim Burton will be producing a live-action TV series reboot. The creators of Smallville are reportedly, reportedly writing the series. So with Tim Burton behind it, it's actually quite a, quite a good fit, it seems. Yeah. Paper, that could be fun. So I think so. Universal has been developing a big at, big screen adaptation of Battlestar Galactica for quite some time, and THR now has reported that the project has taken a big step forward as Simon Kingberg um, has signed on to write the project as well as produce it alongside Dylan Clark. So Battlestar Galactica fans have well, something to look forward to. You know what the last movie Simon Kingberg did was? Uh, Dark Phoenix? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But we'll see. Um, hopefully it'll be a lot better than that was. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is slated to star in and produce Bride for Apple and A24, a sci-fi thriller that seems to be offering up a genre-bending twist of Bride of Frankenstein. The flick is slated to be directed by Sebastian Leo, who did Gloria, who will also pen the script alongside Lauren... Shuker Bloom and Rebecca Angelo, the screenwriting team behind the upcoming reboot of The Wolfman, starring Ryan Gosling. Uh, I stubbed the Wolfman part of uh, the song from yesterday in my uh, head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cut up your sweatshirts because Paramount Plus is dipping into its vault to reboot the iconic 1983 feature film Flashdance as a TV series. Uh, the streaming service known right now as CBS All Access, but We'll schedule a reboot next year to be known as Paramount Plus. It will be bringing the small screen uh, modern take on the story that helped make Jennifer Beals a household name. Actually, today Jen- Jennifer Beals isn't a household name. No, no. When you said cut up your sweatshirts, uh, I thought you were going to talk about a Bill Belichick project. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I am in a hoodie. It is fitting. You know? Right, but you have hey, sleeves, hey, hey. so... But speaking of football and hey, 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 ex-49er star Dana Stubblefield has been sentenced to 15 years to life following a rape conviction. Ooh. Fall from grace. Yeah, yep. man. Yikes. And that was, uh, that was your fast five. Now we'll roll on to the uh, actual news of the day. And uh, as we know, yesterday was, uh, uh, well, two days ago was Back to the Future Day. Yep. Um, one of the most iconic, timeless movies of all time. Um, 
so as they as we celebrate Back to the Future Day, even though it was a few days ago, um, there was uh, there's uh, behind the scenes stories here that I share because it's kind of a dry uh, entertainment news day. <laughs> um, so of all the f- most fun Back to the Future fun facts that the film went into production, shot for six weeks. Um, a lot of people of the film know that uh, Eric Stoltz was originally Marty McFly. Um, so Bob Gale, uh, we kept making excuses, who co-wrote the film's uh, original screenplay with uh, director Robert Zemeckis and the two sequels by himself. Maybe the movie will be okay if we use the take of Eric and that take of Eric and cut it all together. It wasn't working. Zemeckis and Gale, backed by executive producer Steven Spielberg, finally made the difficult decision to part ways with Stoltz, who was delivering a much more serious take on Marty than they anticipated. The filmmakers were ultimately able to strike a deal with their first choice for the role, Michael J. Fox, even though the actor was shooting Family Ties at the time. Uh, That meant Fox would shoot NBC sitcom by day, uh, future at night, into the early morning and hardly sleep. So... I'm pulling Marty McFly's here, you know. Like, <laughs> exactly. Good job here. Have yeah. you seen some of that um, footage with Eric Stoltz? Yeah, it just it's, is awko. Yeah. It's so weird. And there's certain scenes still in the original Back to the Future that is Eric Stoltz, but not his face, but... It's, uh, yeah, it's using him as sort of the prop. Yeah, certain shots. So they definitely, you know, try that together. But uh, they're all, they all were telling different stories. Um, like... Um, Jennifer Jason Lee was actually supposed to play uh, Lorraine Baines versus Leah Thompson. So, Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, so what's one of those things? Um, long article. This really has nothing to do with much of anything other than to hype up the 4K ultra high def release of Back to the Future. So um, anytime I can at least mention it or talk about it for a minute, I definitely will. Right. Um, <laughs> so Borat. Um, you know, was doing their sequel on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Well, it dropped it dropped literally right before the presidential debate last night. Yeah, really? um, and, and it's coming with some controversy, as only uh, Sasha Baron Cohen can bring. Right. Uh, so, if you didn't feel like watching the presidential debate last night, which uh, unfortunately I didn't see, were you able to watch it? Uh, I didn't. Uh, had yeah. other things going on, but I'll, I'll catch the. Uh... The recap. That way, I don't have to sit through. Um, I heard it was more controlled, much better than the first uh, poop show that uh, happened uh, a couple weeks back. Yeah. Uh, But Sasha Baron Cohen uh, uh, dropped uh, the Borat sequel, which uh, they're just calling it in the article the Borat subsequent subsequent movie film because it's this long, really big title there. so it dropped on Amazon Prime just moments before the final presidential debate. It was supposed to be today. But Rudy Giuliani is decrying his portrayal in the sequel. According to NBC News, which previewed the mockumentary prior to its release, the politician appears in the film having fallen for an embarrassing prank staged by Cohen. The outlet describes Giuliani reclining on a bed and then putting his hand down his pants and moving it around for what appears to be a few seconds while the actress playing Borat's teenage daughter, Maria Baklova, is pretending to be a television reporter, stands in front of him. Um, Cohen, dressed as Borat, then walks into the room and offers himself to the politician who responds, I don't want you. NBC News noted it's unclear what happened before or after the incident allegedly took place. 
Giuliani spoke out about the controversial scene on Wednesday. Uh, the former mayor of New York tweeted that the scene is complete fabrication. I was tucking in my shirt after taking off the recording equipment, he claimed. At no time during, before, or after the interview was I ever inappropriate. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen implies otherwise he is a stone-cold liar. In <laughs> fact, the New York Post today reports, it looks like the exaggeration through editing. As soon as I realized it was a setup, I called the police, which has been notified. Um, in the movie, it says that Cohen offers his 14-year-old daughter, which is played by the 24-year-old actress, mm -hmm. To Giuliani, so a little far prank, but uh, very nice and kind of funny. I heard the sequel is not as funny, but uh, you know, it, it amazes me that people are still falling for the Borat thing. Like, how do you not know who Borat is at this point in time? Yeah, you know, it's a stage thing. I mean, he was spotted, so we knew about this sequel back in oh, it was reported uh, back uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it was August, right? All right. And then uh, following, uh, like I said, really dry entertainment today, folks. I'm sorry. There's not a lot of super exciting articles today. How dare so. you not make up entertainment news? Yeah, so I have to make the most out of these. Um, if you guys follow football, you'll know that uh, the Miami Dolphins, surprisingly, have been doing fairly well this season. Not great, but fairly well. Better yeah. than usual. Uh, but Ryan Fitzpatrick has been leading the charge. He's been on fire for the team. He's been a uplifting thing. Well, this last Sunday, obviously, uh, uh, they were just straight. It was the uh, 49er game they played? I no, believe. the 49ers won this week. Uh, whoever they played this week, at the end, they benched uh, Fitzpatrick for the last few plays, and they let their number one draft pick, Tua. Ooh, his name's tough. You gonna try it? <laughs> to a T. I can't do his name. They say it all the time on the. I don't know how they I think do it. It's, it's Tagliova. <laughs> Tagviola. I. It, his name is very hard to say. So I'm just gonna say Tua. To a T. Who is the future of their franchise? They hope. Uh, they ended up letting him play, and uh, Fitzpatrick was on the sideline, cheer. You know, getting the crowd to cheer for him, and you know, showing good support. You know only to learn the very next day that he would be benched in favor of Tua going forward oh, no. in the season. So Tua did seven snaps, looked okay. Eh, Dolphins are now moving in that a little bit questionable. But uh, they interviewed uh, poor Fitzpatrick, and he said, my heart just hurt all day. I've been fired. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to teach. Uh, I really thought this was my team. I felt we had chemistry. So, you know, for poor Fitzpatrick... He was benched for Tua. Yeah, I thought they were going to give Tua at least a year to sort of learn the system and, and, and you know, get his feet under him uh, with Fitzpatrick leading the charge for at least the rest of the season. But uh, I guess that's not the case. Yeah, definitely not. And finally, in entertainment news before birthdays, this one is exciting for metalheads or people, fans of concerts in general. I came across this fun little piece of news last night that uh, – the Aftershock Festival, which takes place in Sacramento, California, is going to go October 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th of 2021. Now, on that bill, is pretty damn impressive. On Thursday, October 7th, you have Limp Bizkit, Parkway Drive, Testament, Hatebreed, Exodus as your big headliners for Thursday. Then you go into the uh, Friday, October 8th, where 
It'll be headlined by Metallica, Rancid, Volbeat, Seether, Live, Skillet, Suicidal Tendencies, Avatar, Pop Evil, Butcher Babies, among others, on the 8th. Those are your big ones. Then Saturday, eh, My Chemical Romance, (laughs) The Offspring, Machine Gun Kelly. There is going to be a reunion band announced. Gajira, Anthrax, Killswitch Engage, Body Count, Asking Alexandria and Atreyu. And lastly, Sunday, October 10th, Metallica again headlines with a completely different set from their Friday show with Social Distortion, Rise Against, Mastodon, Pennywise, The Pretty Reckless, Steel Panther, Black Veil Brides, etc. Tickets go on sale soon. Uh, Single day admissions, $120. Uh, VIP starts at $250. Uh, Three-day VIP um, will be $600, or you can just do a regular three-day general admission for 330 not too shabby for a three-day if you want a four-day it's at 379 not bad for four days of bitching shows and two of them being headlined by metallic exactly i excited to throw that out now i guess we'll whip through birthdays because that stretched a little longer Speaking of Metallica, their bass player Robert Trujillo is 56 today. Dwight Yoakam, 64. Sam Raimi, director of the Evil Dead and Spider-Man movies, 61. The Mighty Doug Flutie is 58. Walt Flanagan from Kevin Smith, the VSQ Universe, is 52. He's also a comic book man. Weird Al Yankovic, the Endra's favorite uh, artist, 61. Amelia Clark, 33. And mine and... Christians, one of our favorite actors, Mr. Deadpool himself, Ryan Reynolds, the young 43. Happy birthday. A lot of good birthdays today. Yeah, yeah. Today's a good day to be born. Well, folks, that does it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it is time for good news, everyone. You won't want to miss it. Come on back. Everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 23rd. Now we are all over social media with many of you watching us right now on either Facebook Live or YouTube Live as we speak. And you can get a hold of us on social media as well. I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K. Phoenix with an F. Radio, of course, with an R. Or on Instagram at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four. Or on Instagram at Tony.sanfilippo81. Finger uppercut. Now it is Friday and we like to take you guys into the weekend on an up note. You know, there's so many uh, bad stories and negativity out in the world right now that uh, we'd like to turn the table a little bit and bring you guys... Good news, everyone! So kicking things off, when the coronavirus pandemic first hit, Stacy Mason recognized that some of her colleagues were struggling. The Virginia nurse who works at Mary Washington Hospital's intensive care unit in Fredericksburg saw that some employees couldn't find the items they needed to care for their families. Quote, Some of the staff I work with in the ICU weren't able to find things like wipes for their children 
or they didn't realize they needed toilet paper until they went to the cupboard and didn't have any, Mason told Yahoo Life. You kind of heard staff talking amongst themselves saying, hey, can you pick that up? Or I'll run out and get it, and you'd find that uh, item appear within a couple of days. And I thought if we could do that amongst our ICU group, and we're about 80 people or so, why couldn't we do it on a larger scale? To make matters worse, a lot of hospital employees were becoming the sole earners for their families because their significant others lost their jobs due to the pandemic. With the full support of the hospital, Mason established a quote-unquote team cupboard in May that allowed her ICU colleagues to donate or grab items they might need, like diapers, wipes, or food items. Her endeavor is similar to the trend of mini pantries, blessing boxes, and other makeshift food donation receptacles that are helping the hungry and those hit hard by the pandemic get fed. She said, myself and my family went to the grocery store and just bought things. Uh, she set up donation table, had flyers made by the hospital's marketing department, said, I just set it up and by word of mouth, it kind of grew and people would see me out, of, uh, out stocking and say, how can we can contribute? It kind of blossomed from there. Though Mason, who continued working full-time in the ICU, was the initial person contributing to the cupboard, it's now become a group effort. In addition to contributions from employees themselves, several of Mason's friends and family have helped, as well as several local businesses and realtors. She said, so many people have joined in with me. They're helping to donate items or keep the pantry running or stocked. I was out uh, this morning to get stuff for the pantry, and even the kids are kind of into it. Because of Mason's pursuit, the pantry has expanded far beyond just the ICU. In addition to the branch at her hospital, there's now one at their sister facility, Stafford Hospital, as well as the Mary Washington Healthcare Corporate Office. But Mason isn't slowing down yet. She hopes the cupboard will continue on through the pandemic and even become a permanent fixture. And so it's always wonderful to see people doing a little bit extra, going above and beyond, especially when other people are struggling so much, just to try and help out and that's the reason that this story is my good news, everyone. What about you, Tony? That was a, re I... that was a really good one. I'm glad we also touched base before we do the uh, good news uh, before we do the show because uh, ours was very similar. It was two right. different people. It wasn't the same exact story. Good things that's happened in the past, but it was it was similar. Yeah. And this one's not a recycled Ryan story from, <laughs> from previous. You know, it's not. It's not. Nadia the drummer this time, uh, although she's doing some awesome stuff. You should follow her on uh, Instagram. She's got some really cool covers. Uh, but today, uh, we're going to go to Toronto, Canada, eh? Um, an eight-year-old boy in Toronto was losing his vision due to a rare genetic disorder. Now, he can see clearly again thanks to gene therapy. Um, Sam was diagnosed after birth with a genetic disorder called retinitis pigmentosa i had to say it slow because <laughs> otherwise kind of you'd flip it yeah it's kind of a hard one to say a form of genetic rent retinal oh i see retinal <laughs> degeneration resulting from mutations in the rpe65 gene symptoms often begin in childhood which includes decreased vision at night or low in light as well as loss of side vision the eye disease is progressive progressive in effects between 1 in 3,500 to 1 in 4,000 Canadians, according to Fighting Blindness Canada. Sometimes you have to walk in the night, and I couldn't see things, and you'd bump things, Sam told CTV News. 
So last year, Sam and his family traveled to the U.S. to try gene therapy because it wasn't approved in Canada yet. His mother, uh, Sarah Bannon, noticed changes quickly. Sorry. Today's a popular day to call me, I guess. <laughs> um, throws me off. I apologize. Live radio, kids. Uh, <clears throat> so Sam and his family traveled to the U.S. to get gene therapy because it wasn't approved in Canada yet. Yes, I repeated myself. His mother, Sarah Bonin, noticed changes quickly. About a week later, I noticed he could get dressed by himself. He could get his shoes on by himself independently. His improvements have continued in the years since he first received the gene therapy. He is so much more confident. Like getting dressed by himself, matching clothes, doesn't have things enlarged, being able to see even when it's dark outside, no lights on, and it is a cloudy day. He would have to, at school, keep the lights on. Now he's able to function as a normal child. But the best part of the improved vision, says Sam, are the stars at night. I never saw stars before. And I've also never seen airplanes fly at night. Um, so uh, really awesome. He has a little donation thing for Sunny Skies to help their mission to help kids with these, uh, you know, with this uh, unfortunate disorder. But great for Sam. He's able to see things now. Cute little kid in the picture. He's got... His little eye patch and his little cold stone ice cream. But, uh, you know, anytime it's uh, especially little kids, man, it makes me happy that, uh, that that these kinds of things happen. So now he's able to enjoy things normally, whereas before, he, you know, a little guy doesn't understand why he can't see those things. So, uh, you know, good good stuff there. Yeah. Good news, everyone. You know, it's, it's amazing uh, how far science and medicine is coming uh, to the fact where gene therapy was a thing of science fiction, you know, not 20 years ago. And now they're using it to actually cure uncurable diseases. And so it's, uh, it's exciting. And any time that it can help out a, a kid like that, you know, somebody who deserves to uh, grow up living their life to its fullest, uh, it, it certainly helps that much more absolutely so but uh yeah you know it's it's inspiring we love taking you guys uh into the weekend on that up note give you know stories of inspiration and uh and uh, hope and you know hopefully it, it inspires you to go out and do something good for your fellow man even though sometimes people don't always deserve it but uh that is another edition of good news everyone when we come back, it is Today I Learned. You'll learn more about what that means Ooh, after the break. I'm, we are going to learn. <laughs> Folks, come on back. We'll see you in a few. Everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back to the fourth and final segment of the first hour. Still plenty of show ahead uh, with our second hour. But uh, if you did miss a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the Shows tab, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, so many. I think about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. 
That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Speaking of sharing, something I like to do, uh, you know, I seek out to do every day is to learn one new thing. Um, I figure to to keep my brain fresh, uh, you know, I, I always pursue gaining some sort of knowledge, whether it's uh, learning something more about a hobby, uh, something more about my profession, or something about life in general. I like to learn. I like to find things out. I feel like uh, if I went back to college now, I take it probably a little more seriously than I did uh, when I actually went to college. But uh, in any case, we hope that you guys can learn one new thing with our show each day, which is why we bring you segments like this titled, Today I Learned. So uh, there is a group of people who post things that they learned on a given day that uh, are actually quite interesting, whether it's about just facts in general or um, something about history. So uh, I'm going to run them down, see if uh, Tony's uh, familiar with any of these, and uh, yeah, see how things go. So kicking things off with today I learned. Today somebody learned about Syndrome K. Are you familiar with Syndrome K? And I'm not talking about the Mm. villain from The Incredibles. No. No, I don't know that one. Well, Syndrome K is a fake disease that Italian doctors made up to save Jews who had fled to their hospital seeking protection from the Nazis. Syndrome K patients were quarantined, and the Nazis were told that it was a deadly, disfiguring, and highly contagious illness. They saved at least 20 lives. (laughs) That's brilliant. That's a brilliant way to uh, save people keep the bad people away and uh, you know do it in a way that uh, actually sort of makes sense if, if you're really thinking about it. Right. All right. Uh, moving on with Today I Learned. So today I learned a guide dog named Roselle led a group of people, including her blind owner, down 78 flights of stairs before the North Tower collapsed on 9-11. Mm-hmm. She only stopped to give kisses to a woman who was having a panic attack. And... Uh, it, Dogs and pets in general are, are such a, a welcome addition to our lives. But uh, when it saves your life and uh, a group of people's lives, it, it's even that much better. <laughs> Moving on with that, today I learned. Today I learned of Dr. Donald Hopkins. He helped eradicate smallpox and is on the verge of killing another disease. He's taken Guinea worm disease down from 3.5 million cases a year to just 28 cases last year. Hell, if we can get this guy on coronavirus, uh, I think we'll be in uh, better shape sooner than later. Oh, absolutely. If we just get him ASAP. Exactly. Coronavirus! (laughs) Coronavirus! We are dropping knowledge on you guys right now. Hopefully, uh, you're learning one new thing. Every time you play that now, I think of, I poop my pants. <laughs> it's the more you know. Yes. Today I learned, today I learned during the American Revolution, an enslaved man was charged with treason and sentenced to hang. He argued that as a slave, he was not a citizen and could not commit treason against a government to which he owed no allegiance. He was subsequently pardoned. That is brilliant thinking, uh, basically with your life on the line. Oh, absolutely! You're 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 staying uh, ahead to just try to, well, stay afloat. So you just you're doing that quick thinking key saves the day. Yeah, Damn, it's that. Boys are hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> a deep, 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 deep. But eight, but eight, but eight, but eight. 
Moving on with Today I Learned. Today I Learned in 1959, police were called to a segregated library in South Carolina when a nine-year-old black boy refused to leave. He later got a PhD in physics from MIT and died in 1986. One of the astronauts aboard the space shuttle uh, Challenger. Oh, so uh, he died when the Challenger blew up. The library that refused to lend him books is now named after him. Boy, that actually gave me uh, goosebumps. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's more on the good news everyone side of everything. Uh, yeah, things. I like it. Well, it is Friday, Good News Friday. It's fitting. It goes right with the flow of things. Absolutely. This next one, uh, Tony, maybe uh, Costco can uh, pick up. But uh, today I learned that a Japanese company has awarded its non-smoking employees six extra vacation days to compensate for the smokers' smoke breaks. Ooh, I would love that. Oh, I uh, take that all day long. I would take that in a heartbeat. Give yeah. me six extra days, believe me. I already am the king of stretching that stuff. I'll stretch six more days into that. No problem. Yeah, six days is what, another two weeks for you, right? Yeah. And in all fairness, you know, like so like Costco doesn't have those little I don't know if the manager managers might be a little different. Uh I used to work with one lady that used to do a lot of smoke. <laughs> and she was a manager used to drive me nuts because I was like, I don't smoke. I don't take these breaks. Well, and the good news is smoking isn't as prevalent as it used to be. So, uh, yeah, yeah, people are actually doing more of their work without uh, with less smoke breaks. Moving, moving on with things today I learned. Hopefully today you learned as well. Hundreds of love letters between two gay World War II soldiers were found and are being made into a book. In one, one of them wrote, Wouldn't it be wonderful if all of our letters could be published in the future in a more enlightened time? Then all the world could see how in love we are. And love is love, regardless of uh, who you are or or what you do. Um, I say that with... All you need is love, Christian. Right. I say that with the extreme exception of pedophilia. Yeah. Yes, we just went there. (laughs) Moving on. Yikes, sir. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah no Mo- moving on with uh, things today I learned today I learned that the firm Cantor Fitzgerald lost 658 employees on 9-11 the CEO who was taking his child to school that day later distributed 180 million dollars to the families and offered jobs to all children of the victims 57 of those children were employed by Cantor Fitzgerald as of 2016 so uh, 15 years later uh, that company was employing the children of victims of 9-11, which is quite inspiring. That is very, again, it falls under the good news, everybody, I would say. All right, moving on with things I learned, or today I learned. Today I learned that in 1916, there was a proposed amendment to the U.S. Constitution that would put all acts of war to a national vote. And anyone voting yes would have to register as a volunteer for service in the United States Army. I don't know if that's still in effect today, but uh, it makes sense. You know, if you're voting to go to war, you need to be willing to serve uh, to some degree. Yeah, absolutely. That used to be the big thing back in the day. You used to hear about the uh, draft dodgers, you know, things like that. Because if there was a draft, you had no choice but to go, you know. Right. Whereas you and I were, at least in that time where... 
you know, you got recruited while you were in high school, and you know they met with you, but uh, but no draft. It's not something you had to do. Yeah, right. there's no draft. Right, and now we're too old and crippled to uh, be drafted. Yeah. So, so we're okay. Yeah, no, I I can't. You you can't at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on today, I learned that a 13-year-old opened a hot dog stand in front of his home in Minnesota, causing a complaint to the health department. Instead of shutting him down, the inspectors helped him bring his stand up to code and paid the $87 fee for his permit out of their own pockets. I like it when uh, you know government officials, you know, they're they're not there just to do their job and shut this 13-year-old kid down. They, you know, did something good. They're helping him out. And uh, you know what? He might open his own hot dog shop or restaurant sometime in the future just because of what these uh, health inspectors did uh, to help him out. Yeah, that's nice. They're like, oh, you're going to need a permit for that, kid. Did you uh, did you first in, first out here? What's uh, the holding temperature there? <laughs> yeah. Poor kid doesn't know that there's a lot that goes into the food prepping and serving. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, somebody somebody gets sick and, and ooh, there's hell to pay. Yep. Moving on today, I learned of Bob Fletcher, a man who took care of the farms of three Japanese-American families while they were interned during World War II. By keeping their farms running and paying their taxes and mortgage, he ensured the families didn't lose everything. He was even shot at for supporting them. You know, sometimes you have wow. to go above and beyond even what's, what's popular to, to do what's truly right. And so, good on you, uh, Bob Fletcher. Yay, Bob Fletcher. All right. Uh, moving on with Today I Learned. Today I Learned Romans were known to create tombs for their dogs and gave them epitaphs to remember them by. One such inscription read, I am in tears while carrying you to your last resting place as much as I rejoiced when bringing you home with my own hands 15 years ago. Uh, that's such a sweet sentiment. Sadly, we had to put uh, one of our dogs down recently. She was 15 and in uh, failing health, rapidly failing health. And, you know, we've got our own little shrine for her uh, that we're going to be putting in the backyard. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely um, sympathize with what the Romans did centuries ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, isn't it crazy when you think back of uh, our ancestors and just people before us, the way they laid the groundwork for uh, where we're at today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, and so many things came out of it. Things like plumbing and roads and, and the things you take for granted today. Uh, roads? Where we're going, we won't need roads. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, kind of sneak in a little uh, Doc Brown. <laughs> All right. Uh, and today I learned dogs get sprayed by skunks so often because skunks lift their tails as a warning. Dogs see this as a come smell my butt, which is the exact opposite message from what the skunk is trying to send. That makes sense. Now, I, that does make sense. Luckily, uh, I've never had my dog sprayed by a skunk because that would be Me awful. neither. Ooh, that would be, yeah. And that should be terrible. Finally, before we head into our long break, today I learned that there was a rumor that Stephen Hawking would deliberately run over the toes of people he didn't like. He denied this rumor by stating it was a, quote, malicious rumor, and I'll run over anyone who repeats it. So Stephen Hawking, regardless of <laughs> his disease, at least had a good sense of humor. Folks, we're headed into the long break. When we come back, it is our chime-in topic, our call-in topic of greatest horror movie icon. <laughs> Enjoy your break. We'll see you guys in about seven minutes. 
fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. joined by my co-host tony san filippo tony how you holding up one hour left until we call it a weekend yeah man doing good uh, of course the same old situation you know during the break as molly know, crew would smoothie. say yeah you know although you had a big water spill now come to find out it's all over my sweater too so i'm like why am i wet it's like you peed your pants yeah yeah you know it's just sometimes it happens man so, <laughs> not yeah, every day no, you I'm pee doing good, upwards, man. How though. How you doing? Good, good. I'm ready to kick off the weekend. I uh, mentioned last hour, i uh, got some big plans of doing very little this weekend. So, <laughs> uh, hey, no, that's good. Uh, I wish I, I wish I had the safe, safe place. Yeah, sadly you have to work, but uh, you have Sunday off, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. There you go, football day. Football day. In any case, this is the interactive portion of the show uh, where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and the watchers, which is why we entice you to call in for our call-in topic. The number to call in is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. And we give you the topic the day beforehand so you guys can chime in at any time during the day that you'd like. It doesn't have to be during this given segment live and in person. So yesterday we solicited the greatest horror movie icon ever. There's so many out there, so many to choose from. And, uh, you know, Tony and I, we we certainly share who our favorite is, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because we grew up with these movies. Uh, we bonded over a, a love of these movies. And, uh, you know, we even uh, cried a little bit when they tried to remake it. And so I'm talking oh. about... Uh, yeah. The Nightmare on Elm Street series, and more specifically, Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger is... What's with kids today, huh? No respect. They don't have any respect. (laughs) Thanks, Freddy. You know. (laughs) Welcome to prime time, bitch. (laughs) Truly a terrifying character. Somebody that uh, haunts your dreams. You know, you you can't go to sleep. And and made for some wonderful sequences. And some cheeseball sequences as well. In fact, uh, I pulled up uh, just a a small clip of some uh, memorable Freddy quotes for you guys to listen to. Yay! I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. It's a boy! 
And of course, it's uh, nice hearing from you, Carlos. <laughs> I, I was hoping that would be part one of them, but it wasn't. Um, Freddy Krueger was brought to life by horror icon Robert England. Uh, I can't even imagine anybody else playing the role because he had that perfect mix of scary and cheesy and, and it, it was so fitting for him that it was perfect but again that is our idea of a horror icon I mean uh, Tony what is your memory of growing up with the Nightmare on Elm Street movies God the first uh, the first one just scared the crap out of me I, I remember it just being horrifying because he wasn't so campy or cheesy in that one you know Wes Craven directed it obviously had a a darker tone mm. and then the second one uh obviously i didn't like that one very much but the bus scene in the beginning was terrifying and uh yeah it was like some of the biggest memories is like you know one of the ones is like when uh, the third one where he's in the tv welcome to prime time bitch and he like picks <laughs> the girl up yeah like, that was one of the ones i remember a lot but uh you know freddie man he's just He's still creepy, but yet, you know, he did get a little campy there as they ran on. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that uh, Johnny Depp was one of the stars of Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, and uh, died in just a glorious, glorious fashion. So, uh, Absolutely. yeah, well worth checking out if you are a Johnny Depp fan. But, uh, again, that's what Makes we're Makes a cameo for. in uh, Freddy's Dead as well. That's Although right, Although that did. cameo was lame, but yeah, yeah. there. Well, so did... Uh, um, Roseanne and Tom Arnold, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Some weird cameos. Yeah. But uh, that's what we're looking for. We are looking for horror movie icons. Who is your favorite? Who is the greatest of all time? Could be Freddy, could be Jason, could be Michael Myers, or could be somebody a little more obscure. Yeah. But uh, that's where we want you guys to chime in and let us know what you think as far as the greatest horror movie icon ever. When we return, folks, it is all about you guys. So uh, get typing, go onto that comment section, and uh, let us know. We'll see you guys in a few. Everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 23rd. Now we are smack dab in the middle of our call-in topic, chime-in topic. Our interactive portion of the show is... Uh, the interactive hour! <laughs> well, it's not an hour. It's just interactive. 12 minutes of fun here. There you go. There you go. Uh, wanting you guys to chime in on our topic today of greatest horror movie icon ever. We gave you guys our pick. It was Freddy Krueger from the Nightmare on Elm Street series, but there are so many to choose from. And so that's where we want you guys uh, to chime in on our Facebook comment section of the live video. Head over to facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Click on the live video and chime in there in the comments. Tony, I know you've had a, a couple folks chime in on what their pick is. Uh, why don't you go ahead and read those off? Yes, I got four of them. Uh... All fans of the show may or may not all be related family members, but uh, <laughs> Annabella has chimed in and she says Slappy from Goosebumps is her favorite Halloween icon. That is a Slappy. great kids horror icon. 
Yeah, he's creepy too, man. Like he freaks me out as an adult. Yeah. I don't want to see. Ventriloquist dummies in general are kind of creepy. Yeah, definitely. So that's Annabella's. Um, uh, Anders' uh, vote is Pennywise. <laughs> Hiya, Georgie. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, Lacey also agrees with that. Uh, Lacey chimed in and said, Ghostface is another one of her faves. Scream started her love of horror movies. Interesting. Yeah, we've been, yeah. We've been going back and yeah. watching the, the Scream movies. Uh, we just watched uh, number three last night. I think you watched number four a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. What did you uh, think of three? You know, actually, I thought it was better than I was expecting. You sort of set up the expectation that it was cheesy. It had been years since I had seen it. Didn't remember much about it besides who the killer actually was. Yeah. But it was better than I expected. So uh, I think. Do you ever notice at the end of those screen movies, like, why the hell, like, at the end when they're like, and the the villain always comes back? Like, is it necessary for the person that instead of them, like, they could surprise if they just popped up, surprise, sneak. They could probably get one more lick in. Mm. But, the, like, in part three, it's ridiculous. Like, the guy gets up and he's like, <laughs> like, it's like, just, you know, like, why why be a spaz about it? Like, you could sneak up or, I don't know. Just, I thought those were really dumb about the movies. Well, and part of it is, you know, the, the whole premise of the screen movies are the rules of horror movies. And so, you know, the... The second one was the rules of a sequel. The third one was the rules of a trilogy. And so, uh, you know, it was a little meta in the fact that, uh, you know, th- that always seems to happen in horror movies. And sure enough, that's what happened. But uh, but I thought the guy was really over-exaggerated in part yeah, three. Yeah, Scott Foley, uh, probably not his best work uh, in that portion, <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Michael has, uh, he said that Oogie Boogie. <laughs> Since he doesn't really do Halloween movies, Oogie Boogie. But if he had to pick an actual horror movie, it'd be one of those clowns, the creepy clowns from uh, the killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> they were creepy. They're that, pretty awesome. Yeah, that movie doesn't hold up though. Ooh, it is. <laughs> I'm afraid to ever go back and watch it. Yeah, pop them in their little nose. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're talking about: is horror movie icons. Still time for you guys to chime in on the Facebook Live video. I'm going to run down a list. Uh, Empire compiled a list of the top 100 horror movie characters. Uh, I'm going to run down some of the characters from the top 30. Again, this could be the heroes of the story or the villains. I'm just going to concentrate on some of the villains or more of the horror characters. For instance, uh, number 29 was uh, Jack Goodman from An American Werewolf in London. Do you ever see that movie, Tone? No, I watched the second one with Tom Everett Scott. Yeah, the Paris one. I saw that one, but not the first one. Well, the first one was good. Uh, Jack Goodman is the the friend who gets mauled by the uh, werewolf and then comes back as a um, sort of a Jiminy Cricket type character. Uh, uh, werewolf in London. <laughs> a little callback to yesterday. <laughs> Number twenty eight is a character that uh, you know I loved horror movies as a preteen teenager growing up, but this series of movies literally scared the crap out of me. Like, I could watch Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, all, all day long. Hellraiser, however, was freaky. Oh. And Pinhead, who was the uh, prime antagonist, um, you know, him and his Pandora's box and the tortured souls was terrifying. Yeah, Pinhead was freaky, man. Yeah. 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 Moving on, uh, how about Reagan 
from The Exorcist. Uh, do you ever see The Exorcist, Tom? I did. You know, everyone hyped that up to be the scariest movie of all time. And it probably was at the time. Yeah, it was made in 1973, so. I didn't, I, it didn't phase me mm. at all. Like Linda Blair with the whole head going. <laughs> vomiting pea Man. soup. and Now, if. Now, if it, if it was done right and you tied it with, like, The Conjuring and stuff, because The Conjuring has some creepy stuff. In yeah. It. it really does. Uh, but The Exorcist, not so much, you know? <laughs> not very scary. And that's one of the movies that, I again, I saw as a young teenager. And, you know, yeah, it was scary for the time. Of course, my age. Never quite understood what she was doing with the cross until I was uh, a little bit older. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. If you know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Most of these are heroes from movies, but uh, here's one that uh, has come up every once in a while. Do you want to play a game? Ooh, Jigsaw. Tobin Bell's Jigsaw. (coughs) And of course, you I would say definitely, you know, his best works. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I got to mute for a second. I'm going to have a cough attack. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jigsaw and the Saw movies, love them or hate them, you know, they kicked off that whole torture porn sort of type of movies, but were actually very well crafted and they all interweaved with one another. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, he kept going too. It's like even after, spoiler alert, he died, it was like, instead of it being like a monster movie where they always come back, he had set so many traps. That it just kept going. Right. Or in, I was excited to see Spiral. That, that looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's the one that uh, Chris Rock is uh, starring in and actually helped write. So uh, yeah. hopefully Toe and Bill comes back and we hear a little more of... Uh, Do you want to play a game? Yeah. The, the first Saw I really enjoyed. It was different. I was like, damn, that's messed up. That sequel started getting a little too chaotic, but... Yeah. Saw was one of those series where I really enjoyed the hell out of the odd number ones. And then the even number ones were not as good. Right. Don't know if it was planned uh, that way or what. Lacey said, how could I forget Jack Torrance? All work and no play make Jack a dull boy. Yep. And Norman Bates. That's another one. Yep, from Psycho. Yeah, Jack Torrance, you know, here's Johnny. Iconic. Mm. Absolutely iconic. You know, it's just kind of weird and fitting. Uh, the town uh, 30 miles from where I live, Estes Park, uh, where they have the Stanley Hotel... That was the base model. It's kind of scary. It might burn down. So. Oh, no. The big, massive fire uh, rolling into Estes right now. So that's a little scary. So thoughts and prayers to them. But, yeah, that iconic place could uh, could be no more. That so. would not be good. Each. No. All right. Moving on. Uh, another terrifying character from a groundbreaking horror movie in 1974, Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I- was that Seth Green from Idle Hands? Yeah. <laughs> Leatherface was lame. He's just a freaking psycho with the chainsaw. Mm, lame. Yeah, but those movies were disturbing. I mean, oh, especially yeah. for the year that they came out and, you know, the, the subsequent movies. And then they made the, the redos in, what, 2001, the, the 2002? Like, yeah, they had Jessica the Matthew McConaughey Beale. reboot one and then they oh, had the actual reboot ones. You know... I can't say I watched too many. I didn't watch those as a kid, so I don't. I'm sure they're pretty creepy. They've cut. Kind of, I bet like they're a long, like a Rob Zombie type flick. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Speaking of '70s iconic movies, what about Damien Thorne from The Omen? Damien. 
Nah, I remember the box you, art Damian. with the 666, and I know they rebooted it years later. I think Kate Holmes was in it? Katie Holmes? Uh, no, it was... Um, oh, what's her face from... Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. And, oh, uh, uh, Julia Stiles. That was it, yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she was in that one. Moving on. Yeah, no. Horror movie icons, I guess, you know, you can't not include this guy in it. Michael Myers from Halloween and obviously the subsequent sequels, <laughs> except for Halloween 3, he wasn't in that one. But, yeah, uh, Season of the Witch, baby. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, again, he was the original slasher. Uh, the whole genre stemmed from him, what he did, John Carpenter's movie from 1978. And, uh, you know, they're fun to watch and, and, you know, see all the different ways that, uh, you know, he can take a kitchen knife and run it through people. Yeah, he was... Uh... He was pretty creepy. His mask was freaky. His, I always go with the no words and no response. Come to think about it, you know, you know, if that was the original, then Jason Voorhees definitely ripped off a lot of his shtick. He did, yeah. Different, yeah. Well, and the thing is, even in the original Friday the Thirteenth, Jason Voorhees wasn't the killer. No, it it wasn't until the sequel. Yep. Yep. Yeah. How dare you, Tone? <laughs> You've only had since 1981 to watch it. So, uh, speaking of terrifying iconic villains, iconic horror movie characters, Hannibal Lecter, obviously from Silence Hello, of the Lambs. Hannibal the Cannibal. Great movies. Anthony Hopkins playing the character, but I actually think Buffalo Bill was more terrifying. I than do that too. First one. Would you f me? I'd f me. <laughs> You'd have to hear the music. If you know, you know. <laughs> uh, and then finally... You don't have the sound clip for it. Yeah. Rounding things out, Tony, out of 100 iconic movie horror characters, who do you think Empire chose as their number one character? Somebody uh, we haven't mentioned Freddy yet. I would Freddy Krueger, but it'll probably be something like Dracula, Frankenstein. It won't be Chucky. Um... Well, I'd probably go with old classic uh, Dracula or Frankenstein. What if I told you Ash from the Evil Dead and Army of Darkness? That's badass. He's a hero. Yeah. yeah. More so, but that's pretty badass. I like Ash. I like Bruce Campbell. I love the Evil Dead movies uh, and the Army of Darkness. And uh, even the TV series was freaking great. Yeah, so. yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of that. Uh, and you can watch it on Netflix if you want to catch up on it. But Yeah, uh, it a lot of fun. Um, I don't know about number one because that's the hero, but uh, I don't know. I would have probably put if you had to put bad ones, it would definitely the biggest ones are Freddy, Jason, and uh, Michael Myers. Those are the three big, big baddies I could think of. That would be my top three as well. Well, folks, that does it for iconic movie horror icons. I said icon twice. In any case, stay tuned. When we come back, we've got G-Man's matchups, NFL Week 7. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, 
folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 23rd. Now, we talk about it a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix line. It is a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you want to give us your pick for the greatest horror movie icon of all time, or you want to call in for our Monday topic, which is the best couple's Halloween costumes. It's always a fun one when... uh, Couples uh, pair those up together. But uh, the number for the Phoenix line is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We will compile those together and put them out in a future show. Now, something we like to do on Fridays, and for those of you watching on the video, you will see the familiar face of G-Man as he takes us through week seven of the NFL in G-Man's matchups. And I've got just one question for you guys. Are you ready for G-Man, how you doing this morning? Uh-oh, uh-oh, we can hear you, but, I mean, sorry, we can see you, but we can't hear you now. Looks like- G-Man, baby. Uh, you know it's live radio there he is worst case scenario can you hear me now absolutely yeah he can hear you perfect right there buddy you're like the verizon guy sorry sorry about that (laughs) having some technical difficulties this morning (laughs) hey nothing wrong with that it's live radio baby so g-man i'm getting i'm getting ready to go uh do some farming here so uh, i'm a little bit preoccupied i'm I'm gonna go visit uh, anybody seen south park i'm going to integrity farms here (laughs) (laughs) integrity <laughs> I, I think. It ain't good, but ain't turdy. I think Tony lives uh, next to South Park, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Not that's too right. Far from there. Yeah. Hey, before we get into football, <laughs> I saw an ominous uh, post yesterday with some fires going on around your neck of the woods. Did you guys already talk about that this morning? Uh no. We we covered just. Uh, unfortunately, there was that big one out in Granby that's about to merge with the Cameron Peak fire. Uh so. Poor Estes Park is right in the middle of that. It's got one big one coming here. The other one's traveling south. So it's about 15 miles from where I live. So it's close. Yeah, well, stay safe there, brother. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. All right. Well, let's kick things off. You know, uh, G-Man, unfortunately, you goose-egged on uh, your picks for last week. And, you know, you're only human. It happens. But (laughs) Wow, that was savage, Phoenix. (laughs) But (laughs) Yeah, went 0 for 3 last week. But overall, you are still 11 and 7 in our matchup picks. So uh, you've still got that winning record. And uh, you know what? It's a it's a weekend of redemption. So uh, you know, hopefully you'll go three and zero this weekend to sort of squash what happened uh, last weekend. But let's go ahead and talk about our first matchup, our wild card matchup of Washington versus the Cowboys. Yeah, you know that one. As I'm, as I was pouring through uh, the uh, the picks this week, and as you mentioned so eloquently, you know, I I did blank last week and zero and three, which is. Um, it's really unusual, and it's difficult to do. You, if you could throw a dart at three picks, you know what I mean? It's really difficult to go 0-3. These, these guys that make the lines are really good at what they do. But that being said, just like when I played sports, if we uh, I don't remember ever getting blown out, but there was a game that we uh, should have won that we didn't win. You know, you get to work, you know, the next week. So I've done some additional uh, analysis, you know, that I hadn't been doing up to that point. Uh, regarding you know the turnover ratios and um, just different things as far as your strength of schedule, which actually brings out some interesting things that I'll uh, that I'll bring up with the number one pick. But getting into the Washington pick, you know I try to watch every game. I have NFL Sunday tickets, so I'm flip, 
flipping back and forth. And of course, I've been burned a few times on uh, picking the Cowboys. Um, I think that that you know my my uh, logic was, of course, I have a pretty amount of respect for Mike McCarthy. He's he's no Hall of Fame coach, but he still took him to a Super Bowl, and uh, you know won it on those early days with Aaron Rodgers. And so I've been giving him a little bit too much credit. And watching the Washington football team. They're pretty scrappy. Yeah. And the yeah. most important thing as far as especially point spreads when you're getting giving getting points is man, if they just don't stop playing, and that's the Washington Redskins uh, this year. And you combine that with a defense uh, that's uh, you know, that's pretty strong and pretty respectable. Um, at times I should say they're they're uh, averaging, you know, through the year looks like twenty seven points, but that's still better than the Cowboys. Right. <laughs> you know, oh, man. first they're just a they're just a hot mess. They are at the bottom of the league um, in you know average score for the defense. You know per game. Of course they they uh, have a lot of points scored so far, but that was with Dak. And so I thought that you know the Red Rifle last week was going to be able to do much better than he than he did. And so now I'm a believer. You know when you look at the fact that the Cowboys are two and four, um, they're zero and six against the spread, and they're going into Washington. And um, I just think that it's going to be a really tough game. The point spread has already went from Cowboys minus two. Now the Redskins are are it's an even game. It's a pick 'em game. Mm-hmm. You know, so the smart money has been coming in on the Washington Redskins. Yeah, the Cowboys looked like a peewee team against the Cardinals on Monday night. It was oh, wow. it was a disaster. Yeah. But you've got Washington, who's one and five. Cowboys, who are two and four right now. And uh, you're giving uh, Washington plus three and a half over the Cowboys in your pick this week. Yeah, and that was of course uh, the beginning line when I'm when I'm looking at these games and breaking them down. And that's what I'm saying. So it went all the way from three and a half, which I, it's even more than I thought. So three and a half points, uh, you know, all the way down to a pick'em. So. That's that's just huge. Um, yeah. Something's going on there, so I feel good about that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Now let's move on to our marquee matchup, Texans versus the Packers. How do you see that one going? Well, interestingly enough, um, as I as I was doing the breakdown uh, with with the strength of schedule, you know, uh, from last year to this year, uh, the Packers d- did not grade out very well. As I uh, as I look here. Uh, they went into the season uh, with the 15th strength of schedule, uh, 15th ranked uh, highest uh, strength of schedule, and they've actually, with the teams that they've played so far this year, they are they are number 26. The, the teams that wow. they've been playing and beating up on combined are 11 and 18. And uh, when you factor that into the Texans, man, the Texans have been playing just they they started out the first three games, but they was like you know Pittsburgh and. Chiefs and all that stuff, and so you look at that, and they're number three this year. They're number three hardest schedule this year, uh, the Texans. So that kind of, to me, it attributes towards uh, to their uh, to their bad record. And when you look at the fact the way that they they towed up, you know, with the Titans last week, and arguably could have won that game, you know, against the Titans. And so I think that they're playing well. And uh, again, to be getting three and a half points at home. Uh, factoring in the Packers, you know, the way that they played, uh, you know, some people are going to think it's an anomaly, uh, but then some people are going to think that maybe that's the truth. 
And so I'm hanging my hat on if you're going to give me three and a half points again at home in this in the way that they're playing, I'll go ahead and take it. Yeah, you know, uh, Packers have looked impressive, uh, but it sounds like it was more due to their uh, strength of schedule, as you mentioned. And then the Texans seem reinvigorated with their uh, interim head coaches at Romeo Cornell, who's uh, yeah stepped in at this point. So. you know, three and a half points for the Texans over a Packers team that uh, has had it easy so far. I'd say that's a good pick. And then let's, fi- let's finally move on to our best bet matchup. You've got the Patriots and the 49ers. How do you see that one playing out? Yeah, no, that was the same thing. You know, the Patriots, I think there's been two times, you know, this year that I've had them on one of uh, the top three picks. And, no, one time on the top three picks and, and uh, the other time where – I think it was last week against the Broncos. It just really surprised me. I don't like laying seven points, but when I do, I expect them to come through. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but going into the year, uh, mentioning that strength of schedule again, uh, the Patriots uh, had the hardest schedule coming into the season, and the Nor- Niners were at number four. And the way that that's panned out is the Patriots have been pretty uh, true to form. Uh, they are actually the number two. And the Niners, so far at three and three, my Niners, you know, that three and three, they have faced the number 27th most difficult. So they're almost, they almost have the easiest schedule. They're sitting at three and three. A nice little side story, of course, uh, Jimmy G was traded from the Patriots, and this is his first time, you know, yeah. uh, back there. Um, another one that I'll mention real quick is Teddy Bridgewater, you know, mm-hmm. is coming back to the Saints. And uh, there's something about when this situation happens, who knows a player's weaknesses better than their former coach? They draft them. They see them in practice every day. So as far as game planning against them, there's no better person, you know, to game plan than a former coach, especially one that was, uh, you know, intimately, uh, you know, involved with your drafting and and your development. Right. So um, I think that, that it's going to be a tough day, you know, for the 49ers when you also factor in the West Coast going to the East Coast in the early game. Um, and then, again, you're just giving me two and a half points. Patriots are coming off a loss, and Belichick is famous, you know, for being able to get his team to bounce back. Exactly. And so all those things factored into, you know, unfortunately my Niners are on the op- on the wrong end <laughs> of, um, of of being picked here. And then when you factor in, lastly, the, the injury to Mostert, he's not going to be on the field. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, if I remember right, Tony, I think the Patriots actually do a pretty good job, you know, against tight ends. Um, it could be the opposite. They may they don't, but there's some statistic that has to do with tight ends. Of course, Kittle is, is the best in the league. But oh, uh, yeah, Kittle's awesome. Yeah, Patriots are going to come ready to play, and it's going to be a tough day for my Niners. Exactly. I think. Yeah, I think they're going to learn a lot too. I mean, I expected not to. I didn't expect us to beat them well, especially with just our kicker doing all the way. <laughs> didn't anticipate that on Sunday. That was a nice surprise. I actually thought going into Foxborough where we don't fairly do well, um, that was going to be a tough day. And I, I agree with you. I think they're going to bounce back. Uh, 49ers are my NFC team. Love the Niners. Uh, it, it's going to be a tough day for them, for sure. Yeah, it'll you know, be. But a- happy to see that most of the team's coming back, though. You know, a lot of the people are recovering. Jimmy G's back in, so that's that's a great thing. It'll be a fun watch, one to watch nonetheless. So to recap really quick uh, on G-Man's picks, you have uh, Washington plus 3.5 over the Cowboys. 
Texans plus three and a half over the Packers and Patriots minus two and a half versus the Niners. G-Man, thank you again. Uh, you know, we love doing this segment each and every Friday. Before we head out to the break, if you wouldn't mind dropping uh, some information about where people can find you and some of the other projects you've got going on. Yeah, just if uh, if you guys are on Facebook, uh, you go to G-Man, the G-Man, and I think the, um, the URL is uh, G-Man Reno Tahoe. And, of course, uh, we have uh, Big Bongo Productions. You know, we're always doing some stuff on the, uh, on the back end that uh, we don't really announce things until kind of they're uh, definitely going to happen. So, but we're always working on stuff. The band uh, Seedless Tendency, we have, uh, you know, kind of in the off-season, we're writing and stuff like that, but you guys can find us there. Um, also, Instagram, Twitter, um, and, uh, yeah. Right on. Well, thank G- you. Thank you for that plug. Yeah, G-Man, we always appreciate you spending about 15 minutes with us each week. Folks, when we come back, we're headed into the final segment of the show. It is This Day in History. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Well, we did it, folks. It is the final segment of the final show of the week. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Friday, October 23rd. Now, if you miss a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us. Click on the Shows tab, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? No. Don't, don't, don't need to see Stay Puff today. Tony with the fake out. All right. While you are there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Yay. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Because sharing is caring. Thanks, this Pat. This is Patrick Mahomes here today. I just wanted to let you know that sharing is caring. And go Broncos. <laughs> and how dare I call him Pat according to his mother. Don't call me Pat. It's Patty. Patty Holmes. (laughs) Well, folks, that being that it is the final segment of the show, as we do each and every day, we're going to drop a little knowledge on you, hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Last day with hope for the stories that turn the world on its head. This Day in History, with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thank you, Siri. All right. (laughs) uh, Kicking (laughs) off This Day in History. God, it, it feels just like yesterday. Just like yesterday. This day in 42 BC, the Roman Republican Civil War takes place. The Second Battle of Philippi, not Ryan Philippi, but uh, Brutus's army is decisively defeated by Mark Antony and Octavian. Brutus commits suicide. Uh, uh, I think Octavian is a name we need to bring back, by the way. Brutus? Brutus, yeah. This is my kid Brutus, the barber beefcake. I was th- and Antonio Filippi. I was thinking about uh, uh, the Popeye character, Brutus, every time that name comes up. It's funny. I wish I thought the same. I thought of that stupid Brutus the Barber beefcake and the mullet. <laughs> Good times in the WWF. Too much wrestling in my past, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1812, there's a failed coup against Emperor Napoleon. Coup! Coup! 
Tony, how do you think he celebrated his victory? With a nice, big, large Piggly Wiggly and some ice cream from... Where was Feral? Did we decide it's from Feral's? Feral's ice cream. Excellent. Uh, moving on this day in 1911, the Italo-Turkish War, the first aerial reconnaissance mission is flown by an Italian pilot over Turkish lines during the Italo-Turkish War. What do you think he flew over that area in for that reconnaissance tone? Oh, I don't know. A, a, tur- uh, a magic carpet? <laughs> turka, turka. That's all I thought. <laughs> I was thinking, dude, when you were reading that, I'm not going to lie, I pictured uh, Team America World Police. Turka, 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 stand. Turka, turka. <laughs> That's all I heard during that. And then when you said the whatever 11, I, I thought of 311, the no. band. So. No, it's 1911, and actually did reconnaissance in a Zeppelin or a blimp. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you I guess. never see it coming. No, it's quiet. It's, well. Yeah. It's silent compared to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on this date in 1915, an estimated 25,000 supporters in a women's suffrage march on New York's Fifth Avenue, led by Dr. Anna Shaw and Carrie Chapman Catt, founder of the League of Women Voters. And of course, we're coming up on a big vote here uh, pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's sad to think that even as of 1915, women didn't have the right to vote. Yeah, that's sad. Um, I love that women have so many rights today and they're able to do a lot more things. Uh, women are fantastic. I love women. So that's the more you know. <laughs> Moving on in baseball history, this day in 1923, legendary Yankee slugger Babe Ruth makes a postseason exhibition appearance in a rival Giants uniform as New York beats Baltimore Orioles 9-0 to in a benefit game for former Giants owner John Day. Um, yeah, it'd be a weird thing to see uh, Babe Ruth in a Giants uniform. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's weird to think that he was a Red Sox, got traded to the Yankees. It's crazy to think the Red Sox traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees. I mean, when you really think about it, that's one of those mind-blown, what the hell were you thinking? Well, that's what different kicked times, off the curse. Different days, man. Yep. And it's weird, too, because the Giants obviously were uh, out of New York at the time. They were the New York Giants. Yep. In baseball. So, yeah. Brooklyn Dodgers, a lot of New York baseball teams. Yeah. It's weird to think that two of the hot team, well, my Giants haven't been good in a minute, but uh, two of the bigger teams in the NL West, the Dodgers and the Giants, uh, originally New York teams. Yeah. East Coast teams. All right. Speaking of East Coast, this day in 1933, hopefully had an escape plan. John Dillinger and his gang rob Central National Bank in Greencastle, Indiana. They take $75,000. You like that little... Uh, I like that. I, I can't unhear it now because I was like, Dillinger escape, the Dillinger escape plan. I like that. For our fellow metalheads out there. saw them open for Megadeth at uh, Paul Revere's Kicks. We did. We did. In we're, Reno, Nevada. You where know, uh, Dave Mustaine was about a, as far away from me as this microphone. Hello, Chris. It's me again. <laughs> uh, this next one is for Mike Yandra. This day in 1941, Walt Disney's animated film Dumbo is released. Huh? <laughs> That's a shout out on a birthday. Huh? <laughs> Hiya, Chris. <laughs> Moving on with more baseball history. This day in 1945, Jackie Robinson signs uh, a Montreal Royals contract. Remember the Montreal Royals? 
wow, no, I don't. No. I remember the Montreal Expos. Yeah. Uh, I did not know the Royals. Now, Mike, who we just mentioned in the last uh, drop, he's a, he's a Kansas City Royals guy. There you go. See a Jackie yeah, so Robinson fan? How can you not be? I mean, Mike, text me if you knew that. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> this day in 1952, Limelight premieres directed, written, produced, and starring Charlie Chaplin and Claire Bloom with an appearance by Buster Keaton. And uh, Oh, man, that was such a good movie. I actually watched that the other night. I, dude, I cried. I weeped. I snored. I farted. It was a good time. It, it still holds up, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. dude. It's better than most modern-day movies. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a modern commentary. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Speaking of modern commentaries, this <laughs> day in 1958, the Smurfs first appear in the story Johan and Perilou by Belgian cartoonist Peyo. Were they blue? Uh, apparently, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you know, that makes sense. You A lot of the artwork, like when you would see a Smurf, it always had that big payo thing off to the side. I never understood that as a kid. Well, I now you know. the copyright of the artist, but <laughs> I was today's years old when I learned that. Look at that. Look at that. No, and I love the Smurfs growing up, man. They were awesome. Yeah, Gargamel and his cat. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1964, future undisputed world heavyweight boxing champion Joe Frazier dominates German Hans Huber for an easy points win at the Olympic heavyweight gold medal in Tokyo. Smoking Joe Frazier against Hans Gruber. That's right, Smoking Joe is going to take on the villain from Die Hard. That's right, say, that's Smoking Joe versus Hans Gruber. Get it on pay-per-view live from Madison Square Garden for only $9.95 today. <laughs> and then finally, this day in 1998, Britney Spears releases her debut single, Baby One More Time, a song that... Uh, Hit me one more time. <laughs> and then finally, we are going to take you into the weekend with some holidays for today. Today is Holiday. National Event Organizers Day, National Boston Name. Cream Pie Day, yummy, mm. National Canning Day, National mm. Croc Footwear Day, National yeah, crap. iPad Day, National Pharmacy Buyer Day, National Mole Day, mole, 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 mole. Mo, look at that boy. Something we wish we could all do. National Slap Your Irritating Coworker Day. Oh, God, okay. I'd get slapped all day. I'm an annoying guy, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> it is National Paralegal Day. It is Swallows okay. Depart from San Juan Capistrano Day. And then something that uh, we can celebrate, Tony. Today is National TV Talk Show Host Day. So, Woo! Uh, yeah, all and now stuff. you got Britney Spears and her schoolgirl dress in my head for the weekend. <laughs> You're welcome. <It's> 1998, <laughs> folks. That does it for this week of shows on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We will see you Monday with a brand new show. And in the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Have a good weekend. Go Broncos!